0: up guys welcome back to the episode of the push the tempo podcast i mean you guys already know who we are you guys know what today is today was the nba trade deadline 3 p.m eastern was when um, you know officially you couldn't make any more trades so you know we're here to break down a, a couple trades you know just talk about what's going on in the league and you know it's been a pretty eventful trade deadline you know after a lot of people thought you know there wasn't going to be much movement um you know uh, we don't really see a lot of things shifting uh it was quite different so I guess we'll start with what was the biggest domino of the um, NBA trade, trade deadline. Rui Hachimura to the Los Angeles Lakers for Kendrick Nunn and three second-round picks. You want to start with that? or?
1: Uh, come on, man. You're just messing around, right?
0: <laughs> no, nah, yeah, you're right. The, um, the first <laughs> domino really to fall was Kyrie Irving. So you know, long story short, the Nets didn't want to offer him a full four-year $198 million contract for what, you know, they had their reasons. Kyrie didn't want to resign there. So he said, you know, trade me. I, w- I don't want to be here anymore. So the, the Nets did just that. They traded Kyrie Irving to the Dallas Mavericks, along with Markeith Morris. They received Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, a 2029 first-round pick unprotected, 2027 second-round pick, and a 2029 second-round pick. So just I'll, I'll just throw it over to you. Who, what, what do you think about this trade? Winners, losers? Well, what is your analysis?
1: Honestly, if I'm being honest, like, I understand that they had to move on from Kyrie, which we'll talk about later on the podcast, like, all the dominoes that kind of went down with that. But I understand why the Nets did that. I feel like there was better packages out there. And me and you talked about it um, with each other over text while this whole thing was happening. Um, we were kind of going over the other offers. You know, we had the Lakers. We had, obviously, the Mavs. And we had, you know, a couple other teams like the Clippers, for example. But um, I don't know, man. At first, I was kind of skeptical about this, but now that I know the direction that the Nets are going in, it's, it's, it's kind of weird, man. Like, what are they supposed to do with a player like Dorian Smith? You know what I mean? Like, they originally made this trade to kind of still be able to compete, but I don't know, man. It's 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 weird kind of knowing where we are right now. Maybe they didn't know that, you know, Katie would kind of opt out later on, you know, and ask for a trade. But, yeah, man. Man, at least they got something for Kyrie. I'll I'll leave it at that. What What do you think?
0: I was I was thinking. In my opinion, you know, we we were talking about it, you know, over text. But once it was made clear, kind of what Brooklyn's, you know, objective was in the trade, you know, they're them taking, you know, this package from the Dallas Mavericks made a lot more sense. Like we talked about it, it was reported by a couple people that the Clippers offered Terrence Mann, Luke Kennard, three plus salary filler two firsts and a pick swap, right? That was the offered package. Just, you know, objectively, three first round picks to one. You know, Terrence and Luke, are they're not like, they're role players, right? They're fine, but uh, two role players and like three first round picks. That's a pretty good haul. But when you look at it, De- Denver, not Denver, I'm sorry. The Nets, they wanted to just remain competitive. They wanted the best players available. And that's what they got. Spencer Dinwiddie is better than Luke Kennard. Dorian Finney-Smith, is better than Terrence Smith. You know, they got one first-round pick, two seconds. It's better than – that was probably, in my opinion, the second-best offer. The Clippers was – the Mavs was the best with what, you know, they were their objective was. Um, for the Mavs side, I, I guess if it's okay, I'll probably move on to that. I like this trade for them. You know, it does come with risks, obviously. You know, Kyrie could leave in the offseason. But I don't think – I think from a strictly an on-court perspective, like – their, their offensive capabilities just went through the roof, right? It would be a little bit of adjustment for Luka Doncic playing off-ball, but Kyrie's a natural off-ball player. One thing I think that's going underrated that he does really well is he pushes the tempo. Uh, there we go. You see that? What I just did. Nice. Um, I, I didn't even try to do that. It was crazy. But I think he pushes the pace. It's something that this Dallas team needs. They're one of the slower teams in the NBA. And now you have Kyrie. You have like a person like Josh Green, who – you know, if you guys don't know who Josh Green is, I think you're going to be hearing a lot more about him. He's, you know, he's a young player that the Mavs got a ton of like ridicule for drafting him over Desmond Bay. Desmond Bay is really good. And, you know, it took a while, but Josh Green has kind of found his footing in the NBA. He's a very interesting player. He suddenly becomes really important to them. Christian Wood, they still have him. They didn't trade him. Um, You know, their defense will be a bit of a concern, but offensively, I think this is a very good trade for them.
1: Yeah, so here's the thing, man. Two things that I didn't like about the Mavs making this trade. One is obviously the uncertainty and risk with Kyrie, and two is, although their offense is going to be insane, their defense is very lackluster in my opinion. I mean, they got rid of their arguably their best defender in Dorian Finney-Smith, who, by the way, is also like best friends with Luca. So I don't know how Luca's reacting to this. I don't know if Luca will be sad or pissed off at the Mavs, but that's that's one one aspect of it. But yeah, man, getting rid of Dorian. I don't know, man. Like, we we've seen the team, we've seen teams in the NBA where their offense is just insane, but their defense can't carry over, and that really doesn't necessarily make them like a a top tier competitor. Uh, you know what I mean, like a top tier contender. So that's where I'm struggling to see like the positivity in this trade because I'm seeing that major downside, and that's what's really sticking out to me between this trade. But yeah,
0: that's, fair. End, that's fair. Yeah, I definitely I definitely see your perspective from that. Um, I, if I could just counter with one thing, uh, what have we, we have heard, you know, for all year, all this year that Dallas, they need more help. Luca needs more help. Like that's what we've heard. We've heard all year. You know, then he's a good player. Then he's under having an underrated year. In my opinion, like after just a really rough year in Washington last year, he's played really well. He was really good for, I shouldn't say played really well. He, ha- he was really good for Dallas. He was shooting like 40% from three, which was a weakness in his game, but he's not Kyrie Irving. Right. They got a second guy. Who knows how long it's going to last? Like, Who knows if Kyrie's there next season? Um, but they went for it. And I can appreciate them doing that. I, you know, it takes it takes guts to do something like that, and I appreciate them for doing that.
1: That's fair, man. That's fair. Um, and I just want to touch up on the Josh Green thing real quick, and then I guess we can move on. Or if you had any other points, you can go ahead and say so. But um, I like that they opened up some minutes for Josh Green because Josh Green has a lot of potential, in my opinion. He's going to be a solid role player. If not, maybe a little bit better than that. But I think he's a great player overall. But, yeah, yeah, uh, go ahead.
0: All right. No, that's fair. I think – I guess we can talk about the next big domino that happened, you know, early on the East Coast, the Kevin Durant trade. You know, after everything we heard that the Nets were not looking to move on from Durant, that maybe if they were going to, it was going to be this offseason. He got traded out of nowhere. It, the, basically at 1 a.m. this morning on the East Coast, Kevin Durant was traded for Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, who was just traded today to the Bucs, four first-round picks, a 2028 pick swap. That was traded to Brooklyn for Kevin Durant and TJ Warren. My my immediate reaction, you know, I think this is what we're going to talk about. We might have some disagreements, is, holy shit, Phoenix just got a lot better. Because the biggest issue with Phoenix these last two years, particularly in last year's playoffs, you know, when they lost to Dallas in seven games, is when Devin Booker got blitzed, they didn't have anybody else who could consistently create offense. Chris Paul looked like he aged just overnight um, during that series. You know, Cam Johnson, Mikael Bridges, these guys are good role players. They they just don't bring that level of shot creation. Um, sneakily, Mikael Bridges was doing a lot more shot creation while Booker was out, but they're nothing in that realm compared to, like, Kevin Durant, so... In my opinion, this is a haul for Phoenix. They only gave up four first-round picks and no swaps. Um, one swap, I guess. But they did really well. and To me, they're either the best team in the West, I look at them as the best team, or they're the second-best team. I want to hear your opinion.
1: Well, yeah, I agree. I mean, there's tons of upside with this trade. I mean, you got, like, legit probably the, the best scoring forward of all time on your team. So that's something that you can't take lightly. And, of course, pairing that up with you know, CP, although he might be a little bit aged and Booker and Aiden, It's amazing, but I don't know, man. Um, well, actually, before I talk about the downside, let me just uh, go ahead and kind of agree with you in the fact that the West is kind of open, man. You know, despite what John thing, saying, you know, about not being worried about any, anybody else, but man, they really put themselves in a position where they can compete and really, really go for the title. I mean, the Nuggets were really the only other team that I thought had a good chance, but with the amount of talent and offensive power that the Sun just created, I mean, the, this new owner's got to get credit. Usually we see the new owner syndrome where owners make bad trades right away. Of course, there's the whole Rudy Gobert change. We're not going to get into that right now, but man, I got, I got to get credit to him because this is definitely a huge, maybe, I wouldn't say it's a huge risk. It, it, it is a pretty big risk, but it's one that I think is a great trade overall for them. But I don't know, man. I don't know if you want to say something before I go ahead and talk about the disadvantages that I think are pulling up, but you wanna say something before that?
0: No, man. Go go for it. I wanna I wanna hear like what you think the disadvantages are. Then I could probably go from there.
1: All right. So here's the thing that I'm I'm looking at. So you're saying that the 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 Nets didn't get that big of a haw, right?
0: Yeah, I I don't think they did. Look, I like Mikael Bridges. I like Cam Johnson. I think they're very good players, but neither of them have have star upside, you know. To me, they're both they're both just you know high end role players who are like fourth, fifth starters on a championship team. You're trading Kevin Durant, who was, in my opinion, before he got hurt, the best player in the Eastern Conference. Argue, in my opinion, he was the MVP. We talked about it. You're trading that guy, and you couldn't get a star if. And look, I think the reason that he they ended up trading him to Phoenix is because in the offseason, they had like an agreement on the table. That, look, we're going to bring you back this year. If it doesn't work out, we'll honor whatever you wish you want. If you want to go to Phoenix, we'll trade you there. Actually, Chris Haynes just reported that the Sun, the Nets didn't even talk to another team about a KD trade. They, they just talked to the Suns about it because that's where KD wanted to go. So I get it from that perspective. They probably got the best they could from the Suns. I just don't think it's the best package for a player of Kevin Durant's caliber. So
1: I disagree to that because, first of all, you know they got what four first rounders, four
0: first rounders, and a twenty twenty eight pick swap. That's, that's not huge, a lot, though. man. That's not that's not a lot. But well, here's when the thing: you, when here's... you look at no no when you look at what other guys have went for, mm-hmm. that's not as much.
1: But here's the thing, man. So let's let's talk OG real quick. OG's price was, what, three first-round
0: picks? Yeah, that's a lot for OG.
1: Wait, but listen, listen, listen. I think that Mikhail Bridges is equal value to OG, if not better than OG. So, And if we're kind of equating these things, if they were able to flip Mikhail Bridges for three more first-round picks, that's seven first-round picks, right? And Cam Johnson and all the other things they got. So I don't really think overall it's like, just I, for see, first I, I get that.
0: I, I get what you're saying. I just don't think you can trade a guy of Kevin Durant's caliber and not have somebody who has a ton of upside. Look, Mikael Bridges, like you're saying, bro, he's a really good player, right? To me, it's like OG, Jaden McDaniels, and um, what's his name? I was just thinking about him earlier today. Um, God damn. OG, Jaden McDaniels, and Mikhail Bridges. We're just talking about him. Those three, to me, in any order, are the best wing defenders in the NBA, right? Would you agree with that?
1: um yeah yeah for sure
0: Uh, yeah I mean you can have some alterations but to me those guys are like the tier one right but he's still a role player like he's a good player a very good player but he doesn't have star upside neither does Cam Johnson so and, and like I just mentioned the Suns they wanted to trade with the Nets the Nets wanted to just you know do right by KD and trade him to the Suns but not getting back a star player I think hurts them
1: all right. Honestly, you have a point. It's just I don't know, man. If they knew that they were gonna, they weren't gonna win with Katie on their team, and they were gonna make this trade. I think it's a valuable effort that they kind of put out there because at the end of the day, you know, if you're gonna move on from Katie, you want to get some picks back. I know they didn't get that star player, but at the end of the day, they got some valuable assets they could flip. Maybe obviously not now because trade deadline's over, but maybe coming off to the next offseason. But, yeah, man, I guess you do have a point. But the good thing is they have Cam Thomas, who's putting up, like, back-to-back-to-back forty point games. So maybe he could be that star player. I don't necessarily think so. But, yeah, man, no, you do have a point there, though. I'll I'll give you that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, guess, I think we spent a bit too much time talking on him. Um, I think we can move on then, I guess. Wait,
1: but let me say can... one more thing real quick. Go about for the it. Sons. Go for it. I think it's risky what they did because, first of all, all these, their three main players have injury concerns. Chris Paul is super old. Obviously, we know his playoff history. Devin Booker just has that growing injury, kind of like how LeBron did, where it just, you know, wouldn't go away for a little bit. So it seems like Booker's on that. And then obviously, Katie. Katie's been hurt a lot the past few years. So I don't know, man. And then, of course, there's Aiden, who his coach doesn't really like him. We'll just leave it at that. I don't know how far they'll get in the playoffs. Talent-wise, they're definitely there, but injury is a huge concern. But, yeah, man, that's that's all I really wanted to say.
0: Okay, no, that, that's definitely fair. Um, I think we spent a lot of time on this, but, man, it makes the Western Conference a lot different. I was actually – I was thinking about this a couple of days ago, and I guess right after this we'll move on. Sorry, I'm going on a bit. I was thinking about this before the Kyrie trade. I was like, man, you look at a team like Cleveland. No, I think it was after the Kyrie trade. I was like, man, you look at a team like Cleveland. Like, wherever you would put Cleveland now, I think that right now they're the fourth best team in the Eastern Conference, I'd say. I think they're after Boston, Philly, and um, uh, Boston, Philly, and Milwaukee. At that time, I was like, you know, you could quibble because then the Nets still had Durant. I was like, you could quibble, say, are the Nets better because they have KD, or are the Cavs better because they have better, just like, you know, a star talent, whatever. Um, if you, I said back then, if you took the Cavs and put them in the Eastern Conference, they would have been the second best team in the West. I, I'm sorry, if you took the Cats and put them in the Western Conference, they would have clearly been the second best team in the West. And just like two days later, everything shifted. It's it's just crazy to think about just, you know, how, how, how like just this thing happened so fast. Um, so yeah, um, I guess from there, if it's cool, we're going to move on to some of the trades that happened today. Um, so I put up an article that has, you know, all the trades that happened. I guess we'll start just from the beginning. We won't run through all of them. You know, some of them are kind of minuscule, but, We'll go through, you know, some of the ones that kind of, I guess, will make a difference, right? So the first one we'll talk about was the three-team trade, the Clippers, Grizzlies, and Rockets. So the Clippers received Eric Gordon at three second-round picks. The Grizzlies received Luke Kennard from the Clippers. And the Rockets received John Wall, Danny Green, and a 2023 pick swap. Um, so just off the bat, what were your thoughts on this deal?
1: Uh, first of all, I had a little laugh because, you know, John Wall going back to the Rockets, I thought it was pretty funny. Um, and obviously the Grizzlies had a little bit shooting with Luke Kennard. My question for you, because you're, you're, you know, Clippers fan, what makes Eric Gordon a lot more valuable than Luke Kennard? Because Luke Kennard over the past two seasons has been like a top three-point shooter. But, like, what makes Eric Gordon, who's pretty old at this point of his career, like, what makes him better than Luke Kennard? Or was this just like a trade to kind of get rid of John Wall? you tell me
0: so i think i think luke so i haven't kept up with eric gordon much this year i know he's a very you know in previous years he was a very good defender and you know he could drive you know off attack closeouts go, get to the rim we need that if if that's still there this year he has not been good defensively some of that i can attribute to just effort level he plays on the worst like probably one of the the worst team in the western conference um the rockets are a mess but I think they brought the brought in Eric Gordon hoping he could still bring some of that. Because on a team like the Clippers, we're still very starved of rim pressure. This this is a move that like I guess we could make. I, I'm gonna miss Luke. I think Luke was pretty underutilized as a clipper. Like in Detroit before he got hurt in the twenty twenty season, I think that, that year. Before he got hurt, he did a ton of stuff off the like on ball. He put together a ton of on ball reps like before he got hurt that year. And we just never really gave him a chance to consistently show if he could do that. I think he can, and I really like this move for the Grizzlies. You know, the defense is going to be a little bit weird, but they they just added a guy who is going to get clean looks off John Moran dribble penetration, who can run off ball. The, he was the best three-point shooter in the NBA last season by percentage. Um, I this This move I'm a bit skeptical about. You know, the Clippers made three moves today. This one's the one I'm probably the lowest on. Also, Because of the first round pick, we'll talk about that. But that, that's kind of where I'm at with it. I'm i am a bit down on this move.
1: That's fair. I, I didn't really see too much that I liked about this trade for the Clippers' sake. I mean, obviously, Eric Gordon is old, man, which is always a risk. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I liked it on the um the Grizzly side, though. Like, Luke and Art, I, of course, we talked about it. You know, highest three-point percentage of last year and this year has been pretty good as well. So I liked it in that sense. But, yeah, man. Um, I don't know if you have anything else to say or we can move on.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll just quickly, and I don't want to say it just because it's the Clippers, but I want, to, I want to just talk about the 2023 pick swap. So we gave up, so we owe, we have a pick swap this year, right? Before this trade, we had a pick swap with the Oklahoma City Thunder, which means the Thunder got the better of the pick that we trade that, you know, whichever, like say that our pick fell 12th and their pick fell eighth. They'd keep their pick, but if our pick was better than theirs, They could take our pick, we'd get theirs. So we traded our pick swap today. And this is one reason I'm just not – I'm down on the trade, is we traded our pick swap to the Rockets for the Bucks pick swap. Which means that we will likely get a pick that's like the 28th overall pick or something like that. So that's – to me, that is the point that just really hurts about this trade. Like I know we're not a great drafting team, but the 28th pick, it it hurts – losing Luke for that and Eric Gordon, like you just mentioned, he's really old. This is the trade that I'm, I'm probably the least high on in my opinion. John, John Wall never worked out for us. You know, we just had to cut bait, whatever, but Luke and, and we're going to end up with like a pretty late first round pick. It hurts.
1: Yeah, man, honestly, it feels like you guys gave the most up on this trade, which kind of sucks.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we, we definitely did. It's it's unfortunate, but that that's kind of where we're at. So I guess, I guess from there, the next trade we can talk about then is the three team trade between the Sixers, the Trailblazers, and the Hornets. The Sixers got Jalen McDaniels, the Trailblazers got Matisse Steibel and two second round picks, and the Hornets got Svi Kyluk and multiple second round picks. Um just off, off the top of your head, who who would you say is the winner and the loser of this trade?
1: The Sixers is the clear winner in my opinion. Jalen McDaniels is a phenomenal player, man. Um I know the Sixers had kind of a love hate relationship with Matisse Steibel. Personally, I think he's one of the best defenders in the league. Um, but obviously, his shooting was kind of uh, sus and something that the Sixers definitely did not need to be happening to them. But Jalen McDaniels adds that uh, perimeter defense as well as that shooting. So he kind of fixes that for them. Um, I don't really understand why the Hornets would make this trade. Um, maybe, I don't know if Jalen McDaniels was on the expiring contract and might have signed for like a bigger deal. I don't really know what's all the buzz about uh, Makai Luke. And, you know, they got second-round picks, which is whatever. Felt like they were, every team was just throwing away their second-round picks. So I don't really know what's going on. So I'd say the Hornets would be the losers. And uh, the Sixers would be the clear winners, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I think I think the Sixers are the clear winner of this trade. I really like Jalen McDaniels. I was, ho- I was hoping he was a guy that Clippers would be able to trade for. Didn't materialize, unfortunately. Instead, we got another Hornet. Um, we'll talk about, we may talk about that we're, we're just kind of going through these. Uh, Matisse Seibel, you know I think he's fine as like a a situational guy in the playoffs who can come in play defense. He's not much of an offensive player. Um, and now you know the blazers will have to extend him. I'm pretty sure this is the last year of his rookie contract. They got two second round picks. and I think the hornets just did, 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 just did this because they didn't want to extend Jalen McDaniels. Um, they just got you know second round picks. Svi Kalo is counter just nothing um yeah that's kind of it i i really like this for the sixers and you know the hornets whatever they they didn't really get anything back besides second round picks i don't really like this for them matisse what is tbd but to me the sixers are the clear winner of that trade
1: yeah no definitely um i agree 100 percent. you want to move on to the next one
0: yeah so let's talk about your celtics they picked up mike muscala they gave up justin jackson and two second round picks I think I I know your answer, but what is your opinion on this trade,
1: bro? I freaking love that trade, man. Um, it's something that I don't know how it worked out. I don't know why it worked out, but it just worked out because obviously everyone knows the Celtics were looking for, was looking for like a kind of a backup center because obviously Rob Williams and Horford have uh, a little bit injury concerns, and Horford just like you know old as old as shit basically. But um, yeah, man, when you can add a big he might not be a rim protector. He might not be the best rebounder, but on the Celtics offense, when you get a 40% shooter, that's a big, I mean, you love to see it in something that you got by just replacing a player that has not been really good. Kind of a player that just doesn't get minutes anyway. So it's kind of feels like we got him for nothing. I mean, personally, man, I, I did not like Justin Jackson, but whatever, man, he, he didn't play. So love to see it. Mike Muscala looking forward to him, but it, but it's weird because we just watched the game where the 76ers let Blake Griffin shoot all on them, so it kind of feels like we got like a, a duplicate player. I don't know if it was just a fluke from Blake Griffin, obviously recently biased, but yeah, man. Either way, Mike Muscala, like it, man. I would give this trade an A plus. Maybe that's me being biased, but I love to see it.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I like, bro. We talked about it. Like, the Celtics are in this position where you don't need to overpay and get an overqualified player for the backup center position, right? Like, the Celtics likely, Mike Muscala will not play much in the playoffs. They just need somebody who can take the regular season reps and, you know, keep Rob Williams and Al Horford fresh for the playoffs. This is kind of like, you know what this reminds me of? um, The 76ers went the opposite way. When they signed Al Horford to a huge contract, remember in the summer of 2019? Yeah, that
1: was terrible.
0: And so it's like you don't need somebody that good. Like, yeah, Al Horford was – a great, good, he was a good player. He he stunk in Philly, obviously, but he was a good player. Like he went to he went to OKC. He was good there. He went to Boston. Went back to Boston. He's played really well for you guys, right? So you don't need to overpay for an overqualified player. That's why we were talking about it. The Celtics didn't need to go get Jakob Pertl. Like just go get a guy who can just play regular season minutes for you, and in the playoffs you don't have to play him, right? And you probably don't have to give what's his name um, Mike Muscala a huge extension like you would have to for Pertl. So, and, and Justin Jackson in second round picks, that, that doesn't really matter. So, uh, overall, I like this trade for the, um, for, for the Celtics a lot. So,
1: earlier I said this was an A+. plus. Uh, I'm going to bring it down to an A. If this can cut down on some Grant Williams moments, then it's an A+. Plus. <laughs> Just got to put that in there real quick. Oh, uh,
0: man. Okay, so is it cool if we move on from there then?
1: Yeah, yeah let's go for it. All
0: right, so now this trade is kind of big. Uh, three-team trade between the Lakers, the Jazz, and the Timberwolves. The Lakers got D'Angelo Russell from, from Minnesota, and they got Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt from the Jazz. They sent Russell Westbrook, Juan Toscano Anderson, Damian Jones, and a 2027 first-round pick, top four protected to the Jazz. And they, the Timberwolves received Mike Conley, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and second-round picks in 2024, 2025, and 2026. Off the top of your head, I just want to, I just want to know what your opinion on this trade is.
1: Well, this was such a weird and ugly trade, in my opinion. I mean, like, I understand the Lakers are desperate to get inside the playoffs. Um, obviously, LeBron's aging. AD has his concerns. And obviously, they wanted to move on from Westbrook. But, like, I don't know, man. Picking up D'Angelo Russell, who was formerly on the team, and, you know, an expiring Malik Beasley and Vanderbilt, I don't know how better they'll make the team. Um I don't really know if this is the move that will make them a contender. Um, obviously when you have LeBron and healthy AD, you know, you're feeling good about your team, but these guys, I, I don't know, man. I, I'm not really feeling it from the Lakers perspective. I'm surprised on the Jazz's perspective. I'm surprised they didn't get a little bit more. I mean, they were able to get the Lakers coveted 2027 first round pick. Obviously it's uh top four protected, which sucks. But I feel like knowing Danny Ainge, he would have got a lot more for that. Um and then the Timberwolves, they got Mike Conley, which in retrospect of the Rudy Gobert trade, which is terrible because they basically ended up flipping all of that for like a Mike Conley, which is kind of crazy to think, right? Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert for all to give up. So I don't know, man. This trade is really weird to me. Um, I feel like all of these teams were kind of forced to play their hand except for the Jazz, which for whatever reason didn't get as much as I thought they should get. But yeah, man, I don't know if it just really moves the needle for any of these teams. Like, they're all kind of still
0: mid. I think I might have to disagree with you. I think this is an absolute heist by the Lakers. Like, look, D'Angelo Russell, I think he's gotten to the point where people underrate him. People just write him off, think he's trash. Um, I think he's a very – not. he might not be elite, but he's a very good ball handler, you know, creator, shooter, playmaker. And if you look at LeBron teams – what they have always had to succeed is they've had a really good secondary creator for the Miami heat teams. It was Dwayne Wade for the Cavs. It was Kyrie, you know, with the, with the, um, with the Lakers like Rondo played really well in the playoffs. So, and like for the Lakers, Rondo, you know, he was, he shot 40%. Anthony Davis really took a leap as a shot creator. So, and D'Angelo Russell obviously isn't at the level of any of those guys besides Rondo. He's better than Rondo was back then, but he's still a very capable tertiary secondary ball handler. And the Lakers got that. They added Malik Beasley, who's an elite three-point shooter, movement shooter, and Jared Vanderbilt, who I think he's a little overrated as a player just in general, but he's a guy who does the dirty work, can play the four or the five, You know, that's a good haul for them. I think, in my opinion, they didn't give up that much. A top-four protected first-round pick, only one first, when all we heard all offseason and all season is to get off Russ's contract, you need to give up two firsts. That ended up not being true. Um, For me, I think the Timberwolves didn't do great in this trade. You gave up Mike Conley. You gave up D'Angelo Russell for Mike Conley, who's like 35, who has like $15 million guaranteed next year. There's a chance he's out of the league after next year. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who hasn't really shown anything in second-round picks. I don't think they did much. Uh, You know, the Jazz did better than them. But for me, the Timberwolves are the clear loser in this trade.
1: Yeah, I mean, you do have a point there, and I agree that Timberwolves are the clear loser. Um, With the Lakers, again, you do have a little bit of a point there. I mean, D'Lo over the past month or so has been, like, a close to a 50-40-90 guy, which is crazy because you actually told me about that. and and vando is probably one of the only guys on the lakers right now that's like a hustle player which is something that the lakers desperately need i mean like lebron obviously is not going to be playing defense at that same level you know ad has to watch himself when it comes to loose balls but and obviously we didn't talk about this but they lost patrick beverly so vando might just be the the highest hustler guy on their team so not a bad pickup and
0: also i think i think um like the biggest thing is like and look this is no slight to russ he's a hall of fame player it, it the fit and you know his declining play it just didn't work for them right they they added a guy who's a much they added three guys really who are much better fits and that matters fit matters the talent if anything we've seen for the russ trade is fit always trumps talent always so i guess i guess we can move on from there <laughs> um i guess we can talk about the warriors trade they had a, there was a four team tra- four team trade the Pistons received James Wiseman. The Hawks received Sadiq Bey. The Warriors received Gary Payton, the second. And the Blazers received Kevin Knox, and five second round picks. I wanted to hear your opinion on this trade.
1: Well, it, it's funny because um, that that I wasn't the number one overall pick or number two overall pick. Number two, right? Yeah, it was
0: number two in the 2020 draft.
1: It's so stupid how they ended up giving up on Wiseman, which you know they had to do because he was kind of trash. But um, it's funny how they had to go and get Gary Payton back after refusing to give him a bigger contract. You know, he got the back from the Blazers. It's just funny to me that, you know, he came back for Wiseman where they could have just resigned him. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah, other than that, it's just like, I don't really think this moves a the for anybody. Uh, I really like Sadiq Bey. I know he's kind of had his very – he had it very low this season. You know, not so many ups. But, yeah, man, I mean – the Hawks could use somebody like that, like a heat check type of guy. So I don't know, man. this, this was kind of an insignificant trade in my opinion.
0: So I saw somewhere, <clears throat> I forget. I think I read somewhere that the warriors would save $130 million in luxury tax. Like it just, because they had to pay that luxury tax if they kept James Wiseman on the team. So they traded oh. him. Yeah. For James Wiseman, who by the way has just not, this didn't work for him. You know, I think, I think him going that high, in hindsight, does not look great. Obviously, he barely has played in the NBA. Uh, but he can't crack the Warriors rotation. I like them getting Gary Payton the second back. We saw last year what he could do with them. And they're a system, just, he's a terrific cutter, terrific, you know, in small, small pick and roll, athletic guy. Like the Warriors, they play a system, I think that he's just the custom built for. So I love the trade for them, getting him back. I, I'm not a huge Sadiq Bay fan, doesn't defend. He's not that good of a three point shooter. I'm I'm not a huge fan of it. I don't really get it for the Hawks. Whatever they, I guess they traded Kevin Knox and some picks, whatever. And the Blazers just got back Kevin Knox, who's not an NBA player, and five second round picks. So overall, in my opinion, the Warriors are the biggest winner of the trade. The Pistons took a swing on Wiseman. Let's see if it works. It looks like they're going to be starting him. So I think we can, you know, I think we can assume Victor Wembanyama is going to be a Detroit Piston. <laughs> and, and you know the Hawks. Oh whatever. Uh, yeah, this kind of a, a nothing trade, in my opinion, for the Blazers and the Hawks, but the Pistons and Warriors might have like more lasting ramifications. That's fair. All right. Um, I guess another trade we can talk about then is this one. Personally, caught me a bit off like off guard. The Clippers traded with the Denver Nuggets. The Clippers received Bones Highland, and the Nuggets received two second-round picks. That caught me a bit off guard. I want to hear your opinion.
1: It did for me too. Um, I still don't totally understand the reason why like the Nuggets were very um I guess they really wanted to give up Bones Highland. Like, I know that he didn't necessarily fit their offense. He was kind of like erratic, not consistent, or whatever, but like he basically went for nothing, which is just, you know, like unprecedented. You know, like Bones Highland has a ton of potential, but. Not bad, I guess. I mean, I know you didn't really like Reggie Jackson so much. So uh, you tell me how you feel about this.
0: Initially, when I when I saw this, um, I was like, wow, is that is that really all we got? The First, when we, we got it, like when well, we tweeted it out, that Bones Highland is being traded to the Clippers, I was like, I got scared for a second. I was like, he doesn't make that much money. You know, he's on a rookie contract. What what could we possibly be trading for him? And, oh, and immediately I was like, god damn, are we trading Terrence Mann to the Nuggets for Bones Highland? I would have hated that um, because Terrence would be just like a perfect fit in their system. But it turns out we just took bones, bones Highland into our TPE trade player exception and gave up two second round picks. Um, look, I, I don't think bones Highland has like star potential, but where we are, like the Clippers, just their roster. So to me, what the biggest issue for the Clippers now, just like roster wise, just moving into the future. If you don't, we don't have a ton of young guys who have like upside, um, you know, Luke Kennard, we traded him today. Is in his mid twenties. Terrence Mann is in his mid twenties. He's a role. These guys are role players, right? Ivica Zubat, same thing. Um, these guys don't have a ton of upside. Um, Brandon Boston's in the G League. I don't know what he is as a player. I'm very comfortable saying he's not going to be an All Star, and I don't think Bones is going to be an All Star either. But we needed to take a swing on somebody who's young. Um, I was like, like we were talking about. I saw that, you know, he kind of went for basically nothing. There was an article that was published by, you know, a Denver Nuggets writer that, you know, he was having conflicts with the coaching staff, with the team, because, you know, he was frustrated about his lack of playing time. Um, and I have some concerns. Those may continue here because I don't know if he'll play right away for us. Um, we have kind of still a log jam at the guard position, which was an issue this year. You know, it was kind of freed up a little bit and eased because we had injuries to the guard rotation. But I don't know right away. I know for a fact he's not going to play over Norman Powell. I know he's not going to play over Eric Gordon. He's not going to play over Terrence Mann. He's not – Paul George plays minutes at shooting guard. So that's another, you know, thing that is in his way of getting minutes. And this hurts for me to say, but we have been linked to Russell Westbrook because he's going to get bought out by the – about the Utah Jazz, likely. If that's if that guy is on this team, one, we can kiss our whatever window this is. If you could kiss a goodbye, it's going to be closed. But that's another guy Bones Highland won't play above. So that that is a bit concerning to me. Sorry I went on a little bit long. I want to hear your opinion on this trade.
1: Yeah, I mean, one of the concerns, the major concerns about um the Clippers has always been how deep their rotation is. So for a guy like Bones Highland, man, I don't know if he'll crack, crack it. You know what I mean? Like crack that rotation. And if he does, how many minutes will get? So I guess, I guess you do ha- do have a point there. But other than that, I mean, I like him as a player. Um, I know he can be a little bit streaky, but he can also be one of those guys that just takes over for a solid five ten minutes where you know Kawhi's out, uh, PG's out, and you know they're on the bench, and he can just put up a solid five five points in like two minutes. You know what I mean? Like one of those type of players.
0: Let me just quickly read you some numbers, and then we'll end on this with the Bones Highland thing. Um, so pull-up three-point percentage this season. Bones Highland, 38%. Reggie Jackson, who we traded today, 18%. John Wall, take a guess what his th- pull-up three-point percentage was this year.
1: Um, No way is less than 30.
0: Yeah, put, come on. John Wall, no ways less than 30%. I
1: was, I was thinking 31, bro. Wait, pull-up? Pull up or like just pull up, like, pull up three point. Percentage. Oh, pull up. Uh, I don't know, man. You you got me thinking. Take, take a gonna, guess. Just take I'm a guess. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go low and say twenty-seven.
0: Five percent. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> John Wall shot five percent on pull up threes this year. Okay, and How? Uh, like, he, he couldn't shoot. Okay, so for bro, there. I
1: can I can do better than that, and I'm not even joking. <laughs>
0: Okay, and, and this is another thing I just wanted to say real quick. So, 40 players this year have attempted, attempted at least 120 pull-up threes. Bones Highland ranks 10th in percentage at, like I said, 30, 38%. Um, like I said, man, this is just an upside swing. I, I do have you know some concerns about playing time and how that will affect him initially because I don't see him breaking into the rotation. But I, I like the move for us. We didn't really give up anything. You can buy second-round picks now. That doesn't matter. Like, you were seeing second-round picks thrown around like crazy today. Uh, you can just buy them. You know, you can get them from anywhere. So, overall, I like this move for us. From there, is it cool if we move on?
1: Yeah, sure, sure.
0: All right, next, I guess we could talk about the Toronto Raptors and Toronto Raptors and uh, the San Antonio Spurs making a trade. The Raptors bring back Jakob Pertl. The Spurs receive Ken Birch, a 2024 protected first-round pick and two second-round picks. Yeah, I just wanted to you know, hear your opinion on this trade.
1: Yeah, I mean, they didn't really give up too much, in my opinion. I mean, Ken Burch is only good against the Celtics. Um, but other than that, I don't think he's a great player. He's one of those guys that randomly goes off against Celtics. So, yeah, that's why I know him. Um, other than that, I don't think any other fans would really know him besides Magic fans because that's the team he was on. Portal, I don't know, man. I think he's a decent player. I don't – I know – like, I don't really – Understand why he needed to go back to the Raptors. I don't understand what the Raptors' plan is. We talked about it in earlier pod. Was it to retool or rebuild or you know kind of compete? I don't know what's going on there. Either way, whoever has him in fantasy is going to go off because that dude is going to play like forty minutes a night under under Nick Nurse. So I don't know, man. I just felt like this was whatever trade.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't think this was a great deadline for the Raptors. Um, I think. I think Masai is going to regret not selling high on OG and Look, I think OG is great. Like we were just talking about it, like same with Mikael, but he's like at best a fourth starter and you're getting offered three first round picks for this guy. But, like you have to take advantage and not get greedy of, at that point. Um, I like this trade for them, for the Raptors. They badly needed a center just in the worst way possible. Jacoperto is very good at that. They're going to have to extend it now, obviously, but he's a good player. Ken Birch kind of not even playing for them. Really, he's not that good. Protected 2024 first. It's kind of what I expected, a first-round pick. It would be his market and two second-round picks. So I like this trade for them. It kind of is more towards, like, you know, Pascal Siakam's timeline than Scotty Barnes' timeline. And the Raptors are still this weird team. Like, they want to compete now because that's what this trade is telling you. They didn't trade anybody. Gary Trent is still there for Van Vliet. OG, all these guys are still on the Raptors. They want to compete. But they're like, what are they? Are they the 12th? They're still the 12th seed, right? I, I think so. Yeah, so it's like they did didn't—they didn't pivot. They didn't make the trade. I'm sorry. They're the 10th seed now. They're tied with the um, the Wizards for the 10th seed, basically. So they didn't really make any, you know, meaningful direction changes. So i, I don't get it. I think this helps the Spurs more than Victor Wembanyama sweepstakes. Um, uh, yeah. That—that's kind of that's kind of all I had to say about that.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you pretty much touched upon all the points.
0: So from there, I guess we'll probably talk about maybe <clears throat> one or two more trades. Um, Let's talk about the, uh, the third Clippers trade. Sorry, we're talking a bit about the Clippers today. Um, they traded Reggie Jackson at a 2028 second-round pick for Mason Plumlee. Just, I, I wanted to hear your opinion on this trade.
1: It's funny because me and you talked about this maybe like two months ago. I was like, dude, you know who to make a good backup for the Clippers? And I said Mason Plumlee, man. And honestly, I think he's a good – He's a good player. I mean, he, he can rebound. He can pass. He's been working on that free throw, that jumper. Uh, I'm not going to say his jumper is good, but his free throw numbers have definitely been a lot better. Overall, he's a solid player, and I know how much you love Reggie Jackson. So I know you're very thrilled to have him off the team now.
0: Okay, I'm going I'm to just say this about Reggie. Look, what he did in the 2021 playoffs for us is, is very special, right? He did a lot for us. And I, I will forever appreciate him for that. Um, but it gets rough. It, it's been rough for – he's had some good stretches this year, but overall it has not been great. I think more, more of that, in my opinion, is because of Ty Lu just not being willing to pull the plug when it's not going well with him and instead just letting him continue to make mistakes. Because at the end of the day, you know, players are who they are. It's up to the coach. To put them in the best positions. And I don't think Ty Lue has done a good enough job of that, not just for Reggie, but for the Clippers in general. And, but so it was basically time to move on, right, for Reggie. I like the Mason Plumlee addition for us. Um, I, I don't know why the Hornets just moved on from, I guess they want to stink too. They want to continue to tank. Uh, but, you know, we badly, all year, we've needed a backup center. We finally get one at the deadline. And Mason Plumlee, he's one of the better backup centers in the NBA. I don't know if he's the best but he's one of the better ones. Um, I hope he gets a chance. He's actually a pretty underrated passer. You know, he's a pretty good offensive rebounder. I think I think he can be helpful to us. I, I, I'm happy we got him. Uh, this is another trade that, you know, along with the Bones Highland one that I've, I'm excited about because we didn't give up much um, to get Mason Plumman.
1: It's fair, man. It's fair. Is there any other trades or I think we're good?
0: I think there's there's one more that it's, it's a really important trade right. that we didn't, we didn't talk about. That's Spur, the Spurs received Dwayne Deadman in the 2028. I'm wrong. Get out round. of you, man. <laughs> No, I think I think that's it, man. This was a very, very um active trade deadline. We saw a ton of second round picks thrown around. We saw a movement like that I guess we would not have expected. But man, this really shifted the landscape of the NBA. Um, yeah, that, that's 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 kind of all there is to talk about. It yeah. was fun.
1: I just want to talk, I just want to touch on like three things that just popped into my head there. I'm probably not gonna remember all three, but first of all, yeah, I mean, you're right. It definitely shifted the landscape. I mean, you know, the narrative was the East is way better than the West, and now it's—I don't want to say it's a bit more ba- like it's balanced, but it's, it definitely is a bit more balanced. The second thing was um, the second round picks, man. It feels like there's too much depth in the NBA that like second round picks are basically meaningless because all these teams can pick up these players, international players, all these G League players that are just. Just as good, you know what I mean? So second-round picks feel very, inv- like, not valuable at all. Can't remember the third thing I was going to say, so uh, we'll just forget about that. But, I mean, nonetheless, man, yeah, this is definitely an interesting trade. I, I want to talk about one quick thing before we end this pod. I know it's getting a little bit long, but.
0: All right, go for it.
1: So, man, I, ca- I kind of got to give a negative to the Bulls because they didn't make a single move at all, you know what I mean? They were linked to a ton of rumors. They have a valuable playing in Caruso. They could have, you know, kind of moved on for it, but it feels like a waste of time for them because they didn't do anything.
0: No, I was actually, I was actually going to talk about that. Like I was gonna bring that up. They, they, to me, them and the Raptors are kind of the biggest losers of the deadline. The Raptors less so because they got a center, but man, what are the Bulls doing? They now like they didn't trade Vooch. Like, it, it's been talked about all year because he's on an expiring contract. He's in his 30s. Like, they didn't trade him. So now are you going to let him walk for nothing in the offseason? Are you going to extend him when he's into his 30s? DeMar, older, Zach Levine. There was actually talks about Zach Levine possibly getting moved to the Knicks. Those never materialized. It didn't happen. Um, But, yeah, this is – the Bulls, man, they're in a weird spot. They're they're very they're a very weird and confusing team. That you know, even yeah. going to the year we talked about, we we were lower on the Bulls, right? And it looks like just it came to fruition that what we thought about them.
1: Yeah, I mean, hundred percent, man. It just feels like such a waste, man. So yeah, I think we got to end it there. Uh, one more piece of good news that just I just got a notification from right now for Saints. Uh, John Wall is getting waived, so I know you're pretty happy about that because you I know you definitely did not like John Wall. Look,
0: man. Look, I. I wish John Wall the best as a person, you know, after reading his player's tribune article, I was rooting for him. You know, no, no, don't fucking away. lie.
1: I was, no, no, I no, I was, tweets, no, no stop, stop. I see your no, tweets,
0: no, no. Bro. No, no, I root for the guy. I root for the guy. Whatever criticism that I've ever had of him was of his basketball play. And at this stage of his career, like I root for him as a person. I've said that like a million, a million times, but his basketball play, he's just not a good basketball player anymore. You know, I hope he finds joy in whatever, you know, it, what's next for him. I don't know. I don't know if he's in the NBA anymore, to be quite honest. But, yeah, that's uh, that's, uh, that's kind of that. Is it cool if I just touch on one more thing? I know we're yeah, going yeah. on a little bit long. We're so, good, Russell Russell Westbrook is also going to be bought out by the uh, Utah Jazz. The Bulls and the Clippers have been linked to him. Do you think either of those And the heat. And, the heat. and the, and the Heat, yes. The, the Heat also didn't trade Kyle Lowry, which is interesting. Uh, right. But, yeah, um, what is? I just wanted to hear your opinion on Russ.
1: Man, it's tough because I was saying this before. I think that he's he's not good enough to be on like a contending team. Like I don't think he really brings value. I don't think he's good enough at this stage of his career. I think he's kind of a more of a negative. But at the same time, I don't think he's bad enough that like a tanking team would want him because they would win win games. You know what I mean? Um, if there's one team that could use him, I feel like it would be the Jazz because. They kind of want to compete, but they kind of want to tank. You know what I mean? They're they're kind of in the middle. But, I mean, if he's going to get bought out there, I don't really know, like, why a team would want him. I'm still struggling to kind of understand that unless these teams are seeing something that I'm not seeing. So, uh, of course, those teams are the Clippers, the Heat, and the Bulls. Um, I don't know where he's going to go, man. I know I'm I'm hearing a lot more buzz from the Clippers. But, again, like, Clippers are deep, man. I don't – like, they have a ton of rotation players. I don't really know – if it's really worth it, you know what I mean? So you, you have to tell me about that as a Clippers man, but I
0: don't so, know, man. So my, my opinion, look, I think some of what Russ can bring in a limited role, you know, as a guy, he has a ton of, like, he has a ton of the same weaknesses as John Wall. He's a guy who's not good defensively, who falls asleep off ball. He is very inefficient and he's, you know, a very bad jump shooter. Teams don't guard him at the three point line with the ball is out of his hands teams don't guard him. They don't pay attention to him. He has a ton of the same weaknesses as wall. I think he's better than John wall, but, but in a vacuum, that doesn't really matter to me. Um, I think some of it could be helpful. Right. So, but I, I worry if you sign him that Ty Lu, who, you know, we're not going to go into the whole Clippers thing right now, but Ty Lu has long story short. He's had a reluctance to go away from point guards all year. You know, like we traded both our point guards really at the deadline. We traded John Wall and Reggie Jackson. We don't have a traditional point guard on the roster anymore, right? That's why I think, unfortunately, that the Russell Westbrook addition is going to happen because we don't have that right now. Um, And Ty Lue, I know Ty Lue's going to push for it. I know Kawhi's going to push for it. But long story short, he's not been willing to go away from those guys. And my concern is is that the same thing is going to happen with Russell Westbrook. I personally think the Clippers aren't going to win a championship this year. The Suns and Nuggets are just so much clearly better than us. Um, but my concern is, is if you get into a second round playoff series, is Ty Lue going to rely way too much on Russell Westbrook? And if he's willing to go away from Russ, if he's willing to minimize his role or cut him out of the rotation completely, how is Russ going to take that, right? Because Russ rightfully so has an ego. He's an incredibly accomplished player, but like we just talked about, like you just said, his skill set now, the player he is, it just doesn't help, you know, contribute to a team that wants to win, right? And the goal of the Clippers, like they will continue to say, is they want to win a championship. And to me, Russ and his game, it's just the opposite of that right now.
1: I 100% agree, man. Um, I'm with you all the way. It's it's a, it's a weird situation. And it's a weird, It's very. he's a very weird and controversial player, man. And we can get into that. But I think this is the right way to end the pod right here, man.
0: I think, yeah, yeah. I think I think I think this is a good place to end. Sorry, we went on a little bit long, but you know, I appreciate you doing this with me. And you know, if you guys, I think you know what you can you can do this. I don't I don't know all the socials and whatnot.
1: All good, man. Um, sorry, I just had a huge sneeze. I had to mute myself. Um, anyways, we appreciate you guys for listening to the pod. Um, it really means a lot to us. Obviously, you know. We do this for fun, but you know, having y'all listen is pretty dope. And this was a very hectic trade deadline. It was definitely fun to report all these trades and kind of have our little bit of predictions, kind of just, you know, look at these teams from the outside in. So anyways, peace out, guys. Um, make sure you guys check out our Instagram, Ho Guys Network. We have other pods, all that stuff. We're on YouTube, anywhere you want to stream. With that being said, peace out, guys, and we'll catch you guys on another episode of Push the Tempo Pod. Peace.